Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And now sports. Aaron Hogan. Rod Babers. The only local sports morning show in Central Texas. Austin's all sports leader. The Horn. Woke up to the morning sky first. Yes, sir. Woke up to Austin's only morning sports conversation. If you're just joining us, appreciate you being there. So I have two hours to go and a lot to do. Been at it since 6 a.m. Talking all things Texas football. Four practices in. The Cowboys head into week three of training camp. Got big baseball conversations going on. Several people weighing in on the Jose Ramirez right hook of Tim Anderson over the weekend, <laughs> which is good. We like a good baseball fight. Who doesn't like a good baseball fight? I like a good sports fight in What's general. What's the best sports fights? Are Ooh. they hockey? Oh, Who? yeah. Hockey, oh, they just yeah. let you go. Yeah. They just let you throw down. They, like they, they want they you wait, to. They wait until both of y'all get tired and like, all right, now y'all break it up. Well, that's the thing about hockey. Right? <laughs> hockey, they, they, because you have a stick in your hand that can kill somebody. Yeah, that's true. They got so stripped down. The, the, the fighting is was you know intended to eliminate stick play. Like, like we'll, we'll put our goon on you if, you if you're whacking people with your stick. We're going to sick the guy on you, which is what uh, yeah. you do, and, you know, we'll, we'll take care of business. Um, but, you know, f- hockey embraces the fights. You know, the NBA has really cracked down on any fighting since the, the NBA uh, cracks down. The malice at the yeah. palace. Uh, NFL, it's hard to get in a fight because you got helmets on. I always love the guys. Cortland Finnegan from, and Andre Johnson. Would that was probably the best one when Andre Johnson and Cortland Finnegan got into it, Tennessee and Houston. Yeah, that's true. That was a real deal fight. That was a real fight. They went at it. And Coral and Finnegan like, took off his helmet. And yeah, he lost, was, I thought. Yeah. Well, who I would want to fight yeah. Andre Johnson? You seen that dude? Yeah, that probably wasn't wise. He might be a wide that. receiver, but man. Mm. Come yeah. on, man. I think the guy, was it Tim Anderson, right? The guy who got knocked the yeah. blank out? Yeah, he got, well, he took a right cross and he went, he stumbled backwards and Ramirez was being well, held back but swung the, that's, and he had the, the the batting glove on, so hit him pretty good. He, he got, he was trying to get ready for, like a boxing, like he had a boxing stance, and I think people yeah. who, who haven't been in a lot of fights they don't realize quick, and I'm sure Ty's realized this because he's been in some fights. There's street fight, and then there's like boxing fighting, and the dude who usually puts their dukes up, like getting a boxing Which stance, Tim Anderson did. They lose a lot. They lose a lot. They lose a lot of street fights because street fight that ain't boxing. Street yeah. exactly. Ty's, like, fight, Ty's fight. taking his hand because he knows you go into you go into a, a street fight trying to box, and you might get knocked the blank out. And he did. Yeah. And he did. Uh, we've also <laughs> talked to Lionel Messi effect. He's now got seven goals in four games. Inter-Miami was the worst team in the MLS when he got there. They've now won four in a row, and they're into the round of eight in the League's Cup. It's phenomenal. Uh, it is phenomenal. They're the best team in in MLS now just because of one, per- well, one person? Well, they also brought a teammate with him who's pretty damn good, too. So, oh, you know, two-player two upgrade, pretty damn big. Uh, also, we mentioned we had our uh, segment earlier, the uh, the bullish or BS. The Austin Gamblers off to a 5-0 and start. In the PBR team series, their their perfect season continued over the weekend. So a lot of good stuff to, to kick around this morning. Longhorn football. Rod will give us Rod's rant coming up. We're also launching our Horn 
Ian Rodby, top 20 countdown, top 20 college football teams in the country, in our humble opinion. And we start in the Big 12 with number 20 today, Texas Tech. And whenever we talk Red Raider football, we get our guns up with our buddy Chris Level of Red Raider Sports. He's the publisher. He does like he's like sideline reporter. He does, does good stuff. Does I actually follow him for prep for Texas Tech. He Love does Chris Lovell. So yeah. we'll get his thoughts. Is the hype warranted? Joe me the money. Joe me the money. Joey McGuire bring a lot of energy, a lot of confidence. Thinks his quarterback room is on par with any team in the country. He said that veteran defense with ten returning starters, an entire offensive line back. They've got you know first team all Big Twelve player wide receiver as well to go with the quarterback. So Sir Roderick, what's his name? Sir Roderick, the running back is back. I mean, they got—is he back? I believe he's back again. Man, these—I got to say, these eligibility rules now. I don't know what the hell they are. Post post COVID, I have no idea who what classification any player is because everybody Nobody gets does. extra years. I wish I'd have been a post COVID student athlete. Listen. Nil transfer portal. You get like six years. I'll still be playing. And making money. <laughs> making money. <laughs> making money. Come on. Listen. The, oh, I'll man. tell you what, though. The, um, to, to that point, the UTSA is back with Frank Harris at quarterback this year. He again. can come back again next year. That's not true. That is true. How is that possible? What can we, I don't know. How is this possible? How can we look at these NIL rules, these rules? What, what is going on? Yeah, well, uh, I only know that because my co-host on the uh, Eyes on Texas multicast that we do, the oh, podcast, Craven. With Mike Craven, who's he's a UTSA graduate. No, he's died. Craven he's a UTSA knows. graduate. He says Frank Harris technically could come back next year for it's, his seventh year at UTSA. I don't know how. And you know what? Honestly, for Coach Trailer. It you know what it might be worth it give him a good nil deal to keep him there because if you're not if you're going to NIL, you're going to the NFL as a quarterback and you're not going to be on a roster you can't really guarantee yeah, yourself going to make a roster squad kind of guy practice squad kind of guy what's the rush I'm going to make bank in the two one zero and by the way hey e give me another degree while I'm at it yeah. I'll get my my graduate degree while I'm at it I might as well on the on the school's dime smart come smart. on man uh, now Jeff Trailer. Have another good year this year with Frank Harris, a quarterback. He may be a, a hot commodity come the offseason as yeah. a head coaching candidate, uh, but that's one to watch. We'll talk Texas Tech coming up, uh, bottom of the hour, number 20 in our countdown. We've certainly talked about the uh, the massive shakeup in the landscape-changing weekend in college athletics with the full implosion and lack of leadership from the Pac-12, which led to uh, Oregon and Washington to the Big Ten. Mm. Uh, Big 12 now will include the Four Corners teams. We've talked about a lot on this show. In past, you know, incarnations that the the four corners schools were likely to end up in the Big Twelve, and now they are. And the four corners, of course, you know, there is a point, Rod, where Colorado, they're four state. You can be in four states at once. Yes, I've seen this on movies. I've never gone there before. I've seen it on movies where Arizona, it's like I don't know which. Yeah, it, Arizona, New Mexico, yeah. Colorado, and Utah. It's like a famous place. Yeah, yes. the four corners. Mm-hmm. Uh, it comes together at a point, and uh, now you have Arizona, Arizona State, which obviously Arizona and basketball is big time. Arizona State. It's shameful that campus with that size of of a, of a of a student body, that pretty a co-ed ca- campus. They're not better in football. I don't understand it, Rob. I'm with you. I don't understand why Arizona State's not better. They got to keep Bijan at home. And and by the <laughs> way, Arizona, just the the metropolitan area, is actually producing a lot more talent too. I think Brock Purdy's from there too. Well, uh, Phoenix. Is, uh, we talked about this through the potential expansion a lot. That Phoenix is one of the fastest growing markets in the country. Mm-hmm. And, and with growth, you know, houses get built, high schools get built, high school football gets, and the talent gets richer and deeper. Oh, Central Texas is a prime example. Right. <laughs> I mean, gosh, where you and I grew up down in Houston. I mean, it's crazy. Yep. Um, you know, more people, more, more kids, Families, more high schools. Yep. And, you know, Phoenix is now the 11th media market in the country. So, so the Big 12 can boast, you know, 
mean, Big Ten has number one with New York. At least they argue it with, uh, you know, between Penn State and Rutgers. They feel like yeah. they get the greater East Coast college football the, fans. The TV deal says so. Yeah, the one they, they get one in New York. Now they have UCLA and USC number two, and Chicago's number three. So that's why the Big Ten makes the most money. That makes sense. But the Big Twelve is keeping itself relevant. Dad, Denver. They're going coast to coast. Yeah, going coast. Well, They're trying to go coast to coast. They play basically. in all three time zones except yeah. for the Pacific at this point, yeah. and that's relevant to TV. The media buyers that want those. Those, uh, those opportunities to put games on throughout the day on a Saturday for college football. So that all went down. We'll talk more about it. But it is uh, that time again into our 9 o'clock hour where my man Rod has a rant. Sorry. That's all right. It's coming. Do we have a rant for Rod? It's coming. Rod's going to have a real rant here in a minute. I'm as bad as hell, <laughs> and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, well, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, folks, let's get to some uh, Dallas Cowboys discussion. Cowboys made another move. They extended Malik Hooker to a three-year, $24 million extension. He's 27 years old. He is the second safety this offseason they've extended. And that, uh, that, in addition to Donovan Wilson, who earlier this year they signed him to a three-year, $21 million deal. Now, what struck me, because safety is usually one of those positions for the Cowboys that I've studied, and Cowboys fans, I'm sure you'll agree, that the Cowboys have always tried to get safety at a discounted rate. They really don't like to spend a lot of draft capital or a lot of salary cap dollars on safety. And nothing wrong with that, by the way. Every team in the NFL does this with a certain position. It's like, you know, a salary cap is just a fixed budget. And when you go to the grocery store, you shop, most of us shop, on a fixed budget. So there are certain things that you're going to skimp on. You don't, you don't get the generic brand or the H-E-B brand of those paper towels because, you know what, I don't need to pay the top dollar amount for the name brand. So it, that's basically what some teams do with some positions. It's not a premium position, so we're not going to spend premium draft capital or premium salary cap dollars on it. And the Cowboys have always viewed safety like that. As a matter of fact, since 2013, the, the Dallas Cowboys, they're one of eight teams who haven't picked at least one safety in the first two rounds since 2002 the Cowboys have only spent one pick in the top 125 picks on any safety they just don't spend a lot of draft capital on safeties and from 2010 till 2022 the Cowboys paid their safety starting safeties all right around 15.3 million in guarantees in that time span like they didn't they didn't spend a lot of money on those guys now their top three safeties are getting like 37 million dollars in guarantees between J. Run curse donovan wilson and malik hooker so what's going on why the shift well dan quinn is why the shift dan quinn has turned the cowboys defense into a top five defense the last two years and the biggest reason for at least one of the main reasons, I should say, for his schematic achievement and making this defense a top five defense is what he's done with the safety position. Nobody in the NFL plays more three safeties than the Dallas Cowboys. They play three safeties 43% of the time on third down, 30% of the time on second down, 29% of the time on first down. And if you go look at it, their three combined safeties combined for 3,032 snaps that is mean they played. It means each guy played at least nine hundred plus snaps each. The way it's working out, no team in the NFL had a safety unit where their top three players in their safety group played at least seven hundred snaps. 
So nobody is even close to emphasizing and prioritizing the safety position as these Dallas Cowboys, which is crazy. Now, they're not devoting a lot. They're not devoting tons of money at it. There's still a lot of teams spending way more money on safety. Hell, I think Jamal Adams of Seattle, he's making more money almost in guaranteed salary than all three of the Cowboys' safeties combined. Right. So they're still being very – it's still cost-effective. These are teams. Well, good identification deals. of a good player. Yes. I mean, look at Malik – you meant, you said it earlier, but the reclamation project, finding Malik Hooker, a former number one pick, you know, first-round draft choice who didn't work out at his original spot in Indianapolis, you know, still has talent, right? Yeah. Still, Donovan Wilson was a sixth-round pick of the Cowboys. Uh, J. Ron Curse was a guy they found, and, you know, they, they take DeMarvion Overshone. This year is with the 90th pick who could play safety if he needs to. Uh, that's obviously a Dan Quinn, you know, he's, he's, he's been ahead of the curve on this change in defense is trying to keep up with the, uh, the passing offenses of pro football now. No question. Um, and I think also it helps that he can – he believes in positionless football. There is nobody in the NFL on the defensive side of the ball um, that is a bigger advocate for positionless football and who actually acquires players who fit that mindset and fit that philosophy than Dan Quinn. And being that, he also wants his defense to be malleable. That's why you bring in all these hybrid chess pieces you can move around the board. And nothing makes your defense more malleable than your ability to move your safeties around. And that distorts and confuses quarterbacks in their pre-snap read. No team in the NFL has, has more rotations in their back seven, in their secondary, than the Cowboys. Which means what you see pre-snap will almost never match what you see post-snap because they're always shifted and always moving. That helps them create turnovers. It creates chaos and confusion, and then that ends up force, ends up being the result is takeaways. And that's why the Cowboys have led the NFL in takeaways in the last two years as well. A lot of that is quarterbacks being confused and also goes back to run-pass options. Think about it. There have been times in the backfield I can remember quarterbacks being confused on whether they were going to pull that RPO against the Cowboys or were they going to give it. Why? Because those safeties are constantly moving. And even the quarterback and the running back may not be on the same page at that time. So there's a lot reason for there's a reason for the Dan Quinn system to be so heavily reliant on the safety position. And I applaud Jerry Jones for changing. Changing his tune. Jerry Jones and the Cowboys did not want to be a team that invested heavily in safety. Dan Quinn has changed their mind about it. He's really changed their uh, entire, I think, outlook on defense. Now, now, Micah Parsons is a big part of this, too. you got the best defensive player potentially in the league, or at least one of the best young defensive yeah, players the in the league. centerpiece of the defense. Yes, and once they pay him his money, remember, hell, when Zach Martin, at least he's holding out, when the reporters asked Jerry Jones about Zach Martin, and what are you going to do, Jerry, in terms of paying him and resolving the holdout? He mentions, I got to pay Micah Parsons. So he's going to make Micah Parsons the highest paid defensive player in NFL history. As soon when, as he can. And when he does that, the Cowboys will be, playing, be paying more money for the defensive side of the ball than the offensive side of the ball. That hasn't happened since pre-DAC. So Back that to is, Bill Parcells' era time. Yes. Yeah. So I think that I think it just shows you the Cowboy Dan Quinn's having a a really dramatic effect on Jerry Jones and Will McClay and the Dallas Cowboys about how they do business. It's almost like when your your good friend meets you know meets a really good woman or a really good man. They they change their ways. They get healthier. They start exercising. They go from eating a lot of fast food to now eating salads, taking salads out, out to eat with them. Just a total dramatic shift. Go from smoking cigs every day, smoking a pack. 
of cigs to now they decide, no, I'm not going to smoke. Whatever it may be, just that drastic shift that turns you into a better person. I think Dan Quinn's influence has turned the Cowboys into a better football organization. Yeah. Listen, when Mike McCarthy got there and his first coaching staff was so miserable, I mean, they were, they were oh, awful. He brought in Mike Nolan Mike defense. Mike Nolan, oh. who was archaic, a fossil Terrible. in the coaching. And to get Dan Quinn, and I'll say this for Jerry Jones, there's some good fortune here. He, Dan Quinn would have taken the Denver Broncos job that went to Nathaniel Hackett. He, mm-hmm. he thought he was going to get it. He didn't get it, and he would have been out the door. <laughs> and he came back, and Nathaniel Hackett didn't work. I agree with that. So now they have Sean Payton in Denver. Uh, he, he talked to Arizona last year, uh, Cardinals. Now, maybe if Kyler Murray's not hurt, Right now, maybe Dan Quinn thinks about that job. He didn't. He stayed, which, as you said earlier, and I don't disagree with you at all, if Mike McCarthy and the offense don't live up to it this year, because Mike McCarthy is now in control of the offense, there is no more Kellen Moore nope. to blame for the offense. Agreed. In the playoffs, it's, it's Mike McCarthy. If it doesn't work and Dan Quinn's defense continues to shine, you know, Dan Quinn could be in line to be the next head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think that is uh, too far out of, the, out of the realm of possibility. Because, you know what? You played in the league, Rod. The players love him. They the love players him. love playing for him. Michael loves him. Remember, Michael was like, I don't want to play for any other coach. Yeah, yeah, he man. said that. I mean, the players, he's infectious. Uh, and look, he had, a, he had a, a run in Atlanta where they had a 28-3 to lead over the Patriots to win a Super Bowl. Or the Dan Quinn resume would look totally different if they could have finished that game. Obviously, your guy Shano was there as the mm-hmm. offensive coordinator, Kyle Shanahan. Uh, you know, I'm sure those two and all those players still stay up nights thinking, what if? How did we oh, not close no that doubt. game and, and lose to the GOAT? Uh, Dan Quinn's resume is, is totally different. As a, instead of a Super Bowl choke, choker, he's a Super Bowl winner yep. and champion, and uh, he still brings that pedigree. And yeah, I think the pressure's on Mike McCarthy, and I think Mike McCarthy doesn't yes. shy away from it. As much as we goof around about Big Mac and Mike McCarthy, he understands that there's a really good coach on the other side that's doing great yep. things, and uh, he better he better pick it up on the offensive side of the ball because uh, that defense is really good. To your point about you know it, you could parallel your the behind the burn orange curtain last hour with the three high safety look at Iowa State. And it is. I think there's some the similarities. Cowboys are doing a lot yes. of the same, and it's confusing because look with Micah Parsons coming. Uh, the the big cat off the edge, if you can confuse a quarterback for just a half second, I mean, that's all it takes to deliver the sack, right? To get mm-hmm. the sack, take him off his spot, and that's what the, the three-safety look does. Also, a guy like J. Ron Curse is as big as a linebacker. I mean, that guy can come down and play the run. This is why I think they love DeMarvion Overshone as well You're right. as a guy who can be a big-time player. So, And one thing I also love, this is obviously looking in the future, where, uh, I hope that the Cowboys get past the divisional round and then you don't have to worry about you know them firing Mike McCarthy and moving on. But I do think the next candidate – uh, will be and probably the most likely candidate will be Dan Quinn for that job because everybody loves him. Dan Quinn did a great job there at, in Atlanta of also hiring coaches. People forget Mike McDaniel's on that staff. Yep. Matt LaFleur is on that staff. Of course, Shano is the echo. Now, Shano probably brought a lot of guys, guys with him <laughs> and took them with him. Um, but then he, you know, hires Sark if you're a Sark guy um, after Shano leaves. So Dan Quinn, I think one of the things that's underestimated about him as a head coach was that I think he did a decent job of hiring coaches. Pretty uh, good, too. Talent evaluation and yeah. player evaluation, too, but coach evaluation. Player I like that evalu- a lot. And player development. Yeah. Is there a chance that he doesn't want to be a head coach? I, I think he wants the right job. I, I was going to say, I, yeah. I think in the NFL there are only 32, but if you have a really high-paying good job with Dallas and you get to coach a guy like Micah Parsons in this defense where you're mm-hmm. going to put up numbers, you're going to have a, a top-five defense – you can, I don't want to say name your job, but it's kind of like Jeff Trailer. We talked about Jeff Trailer, UTSA. Jeff Trailer's not just going to leave to take any job. He's happy in San Antonio. He's building something in San Antonio. He he's not going to jump at just anything. He's going to jump when it's right. 
And I think that's where Dan Quinn is. Having been in Atlanta with Arthur Blank, and he understands how important that is, they'll be a good job. Because Denver was in the midst of an ownership change. And now, look, I think Dan Quinn would have taken the Denver job. It just went to Nathaniel Hackett. Um, which what a disaster! <laughs> but I think they thought they were going to get Aaron Rodgers. Remember, I think yes, I think the Broncos thought they were going to get Aaron Rodgers. That is and true. Hiring his boy Nathaniel Hackett was going to be huge for them, and of course it didn't happen. He stayed in Green Bay for another Both year for the Jets, and then they pivoted for <laughs> Russell Wilson, which didn't work out in one year. Now the Jets have Aaron Rodgers and a new house. Hey, by the way, speaking of Good NFL house. football, we've had one game in the books. That was the Hall of Fame game last week. Houston Texans will play the next preseason game on the docket. That's Thursday night. When they play the New England Patriots in New England, Demico oh, Ryan, nice, Demico you know, Ryan, what C. used to J. be the Stroud. used to be the Patriots of the South. Remember, they want yeah. to be the Patriots of the South so bad. It's like now Houston is becoming the San Francisco of the South, right? They're trying to become Demico Ryan, right. uh, Bobby Slowick, the new offensive coordinator, C.J. Stroud at quarterback, Will Anderson on defense. The offensive line looks really good in Houston. Uh, so yes, that we'll get it. We'll get our first glimpse at the Texans coming up. Cowboys won't play in their preseason up until Saturday. When they host the Jacksonville Jaguars up in uh, Arlington, New Jaguars. Yeah, no. That's who's going to win that division. That's I, probably I, the easiest pick to win a division, I think, I think in so. the NFL. I think so. <laughs> I think you're right about that. Unless Tennessee has one last stand, I don't Ew, know. They but, got Hop now. They got DeAndre Hopkins because uh, they're so veteran, right? Tannehill, Henry, and, and they Hopkins. got a hell of a coach. Vrabel's just he can yeah. coach his butt off, man. You know what? You're you're getting in a fight every every yeah. every Sunday with his team. I agree with that. Like a, a backyard brawl of a fight. Uh, and yeah, if they keep Tannehill healthy. You know they got Will Levis developing. They've got Malik Malik. Uh, who's the kid out of Liberty that they drafted? Malik oh, Willis. Uh, Malik, Malik Willis. Willis. Malik Willis. Oh, so yeah. two young quarterbacks they want to develop, but they're going to let Tan. It's one last ride with them. And remember, it was only a couple of years ago that they were the number one seed in the AFC when they got knocked off by Joe Burrow and the Bengals on the Bengals' way to the Super Bowl. But so. what, what was the what was the flaw in their model? What's the flaw? It's obvious. What's the flaw? Quarterback. Nope. They built around the running back. They oh, yeah. built around the running right. game. That's why the that's why the window is so short. Where he's like, yeah, just a few years ago, they were in the AFC. He's like, yeah, because you built around the running back, and he's now thirty years fat. old. Exactly, he's a geriatric running back. Basically, thirty years old. You got a thirty-one year old receiver. You got an aging Ryan Tannehill yeah. coming off an injury plague season. So yeah, I do think Jacksonville uh, go young uh, with Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. emerging. A lot of weapons there. Gary had a schedule. Improving. Yep. And uh, they they they. By the way, speaking of that, we're going to talk to Chris Level coming up. We'll spotlight number 20 in our Horn Top 20 countdown, the Texas Tech Red Raiders with Chris. But I'll get you, did you hear what a former player said? Another comment about Urban Meyer and his failed year in Jacksonville. I think I saw it. Unbelievable. Yeah, I think I saw it. Was it a DB or something? Yeah, the more you hear of that year, (laughs) the more you could make like a sitcom out of Urban Meyer's one year at Jacksonville. Hey, good job, CDC. All right, good job not pursuing that. I know a lot of, including myself, I was like, hey, go get Urban Meyer. You know what? I'm willing to admit when I was wrong. Chris Level. <laughs> that would have been a disaster. <laughs> hey, coming up, get your guns up. It's number 20 in our countdown to number one. Texas Tech, Chris Level weighs in. Is the hype warranted in Lubbock? Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Austin's all sports leader, the Horn. Monday on the Horn, on the Horn app, hornfm.com, 101.9 FM, AM 1260, however you're finding us, we appreciate it. It's our debut program with myself and Rod Babers, Ian Rod B. We've asked for your help in naming the new show, so we will continue to uh, take your suggestions on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. Also, uh, appreciate Ty Henderson 
getting us to where we need to be as well. Uh, a lot of good stuff today. Busy weekend as usual. Looking forward to a busy week as well. And today is the not just the debut of this program. It's also the debut of our Horn Top 20 Countdown, the annual uh, right of August where we count down the mm-hmm. number one teams. And it just so works out, Rod, that today is 20 shows. We'll have 20 shows between now and the Longhorn opener with the Rice Owls on September the 2nd. Nice. Which means we can spotlight a different team over the next 20 shows and get to number one. Um, and we're going to start with the Texas Tech Red Raiders at number 20. You and I were kicking this around on text message last night because we want this to be our poll. Uh, are you are you a believer at because uh, because you know I looked at some composite polls of where everybody's kind of oh, yeah. ranked in the preseason. It's all speculative, mm-hmm. but right around 20, 22, 19, I saw for Texas Tech. That's about where they have them. So we felt like for our first one, get a Big Twelve team in here and talk some Texas Tech football. You buying them? Uh, well, I I like I like Texas Tech. I do. Um, I just wonder in this Big Twelve conference if they're going to be able to replicate some of the. The mojo they had last year, and I'll give Joey McGuire a ton of credit for that mojo, by the way. He made their luck last season. He went for it on fourth down more than any team in the country, and hell, won them. Honestly, I think he won them probably three games last year that they may not have won without that aggressive mentality of going for it on fourth down more than anybody else. Think about it. You beat U of H by three, beat Texas by three, both in overtime. You beat uh, Oklahoma in overtime as well by three, and you had a four-point win versus Iowa State. Hell, man, just going for it on fourth down, that alone gave him an extra six points per game. A couple of wins right there. Yeah, and obviously does the Big 12 catch up with that, with Joey McGuire no longer the element of surprise with his coaching staff. To talk more about this year's Texas Tech Red Raiders, why there is so much excitement out in Lubbock, Texas, and if it's warranted, let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline whenever we talk all things Texas Tech. It's Chris Level, Red Raiders Sports. He's the publisher there, also does radio, works with the uh, the athletic department. Hello, Chris. How are you? I'm doing good, fellas. Thanks for having me on this morning. Appreciate Thanks, it. Yeah, man. Fourth, fourth, fourth down and going for it uh, freaked everybody out for a while, man. It, uh, I mean, I'm sitting over there going, what is going on? It's like, unlike anything, it's like unlike anything I've ever seen, but more often than not, it worked. And to Rod's point right there, Chris, I mean, yeah, that element of surprise, the, the Joey McGuire, you know, uh, impact, is that a concern for you that uh, the Big 12 coaches have had all offseason to kind of catch up with what they're doing? Or do you think, because it felt like to me that they were, they were playing their best football at the mm-hmm. end of the year with the run through the bowl game and uh, four-game win streak to finish it. Where do you, uh, what are your concerns for Texas Tech and what are you most optimistic about? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, th- I think they would tell you that they don't want to have to go for it on fourth down as much this year, uh, just because I think last year, though, you have three different starting quarterbacks. I think, yeah, you needed to level the playing field a bit. And I think that, you know, that they were very analytics driven. I think he won't sway from that. I think it is what it is. And they kind of call plays with the intent of, hey, man, if, if there's a magic number here, if we get this much on third down, then we're going. And it depends on the score and all those things. Now, 
they got down in some of those games last year, uh, and maybe that's because you just had some lack of continuity at quarterback. I think they would hope that they have a, a starting quarterback for all season long, uh, which, which would certainly help, and then you just play better football. So you're not in the need to have to go for it as much. But I, I do think, to y'all's point, there's a lot of hype around this team, and I think a lot of that has to do with the way they finished the season. They were four and five at one point, and then they never lost again. So I think that's a big, as big a reason as why as anything. And Tyler Shuck was the main reason, you know, for he kind of came back and settled in, and then they just they played really good ball and, and then obviously won the bowl game handily. So I think a lot of that has to do with the way they finished because you're sitting there at four and five, and you're like, man, may not even make it to a bowl game, or you're gonna, you know, you could be in a, in a, you know, end up at six and six or something. But they, you know, they, they kind of controlled their own destiny there and, and played really good ball. And so I think that, and most of these guys are all back. They didn't lose a lot at all. Uh, Sixteen super seniors on this team. Wow. That's a- hey, hey, Chris, I want to ask you because I think it's uh, you know apropos that. The first uh, Texas Tech Red Raider uh, to be inducted into the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame is something you guys were celebrating too with uh, with Zach Thomas, and he was on the defensive side of the ball. And defense now has a different culture there in Lubbock than it did, obviously during the the, the years where Mike Leach championed the air raid there, and maybe defense wasn't emphasized as much. There's a defensive culture brewing in Lubbock. Am I right? Yeah, and I mean, I thought Zach did a phenomenal job with the yeah. speech. I mean, he's a typical he's a typical West Texas Texas Tech guy, undersized, got the most out of everything he had, and just was really smart. And I mean, it was really fun to see him have that moment because I, I remember those you know big days when I was a student back in the mid nineties, and you know he had some big uh, plays against Texas A and M, and you know I mean it's just fun to kind of see that journey mm. come to a, to an end for him and, and end up in the Hall of Fame, but. Yeah, you're right. I think uh, I think Keith Patterson deserves a lot of credit. Uh, he was the previous defense coordinator. He's now the head coach at Adeline Christian. He was on Matt Wells' staff, and I think he deserves a lot of credit for kind of the turnaround defensively here. And then you have a the seventh pick in the draft last year <laughs> from a, on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so I think that that kind of goes a long way as well. But most of where these these super seniors are are on the defensive side of the ball. Their starting corners are back. Their defensive tackles are back. Uh, they've got, I think, eight or nine different starters. I mean, they've had a, a guy, a safety, that played a ton of football for them last year, Reggie Pearson, that got replaced in, in bowl practices by a guy that you guys should know, Tyler Owens. And so Reggie mm-hmm. Pearson's like, well, I'm not going to start, so I'm not going to stick around here. And so I, I just think there's a lot of age and maturity and experience on that side of the ball. But Tim Bruder has come in, and he's done a phenomenal job with – and, and look, when, when you go for it on fourth down as much as they do, you get put in some binds. But he's kind of, you know, either just kind of tricked his kids into going, that's okay. You know, we're, we're, we're I think he always says, we're the, we're the firemen. We put out the fire. And, and we're not sure where, where that fire is going to start, you know. I mean, and so, uh, cause, cause, you know, and, and like a lot of defenses, you judge it on do you force field goal attempts? Do you, do you force, um, you know, some different things? And do you tighten up in the red zone? And they were all really good in a lot of those categories last year. 
Uh, he is Chris Level. Uh, when we talk Red Raider sports, he is our guy, and uh, why not? He does a little bit of everything over there uh, with, with uh, publisher of Red Raider Sports on Twitter, uh, on the website there. Also, he uh, does the podcast Locked on Texas, uh, Locked on Tech. You can follow him at Chris Level on Twitter if you're looking for him. Hey, Chris, you mentioned the defensive tackles, and, and, and when you start in the middle uh, with, with, with guys like Jalen Hutchins and Tony Bradford Jr., 82 tackles, seven sacks last year, might be the best combination of tackles in the Big 12. That's a good place to start with the defense. Where else are they strong? Yeah, I, I think those guys, it, it, it's very unique for a couple of D tackles uh, to be kind of in some ways the face of your program. It, it's very bizarre. They're, they have unbelievable personalities. They've been around here because they're, they're kind of unicorns from the standpoint of the five or six years uh, at a one spot. They've been extremely productive. They could have I – mean, Jalen Hutchings definitely had a decision to make last year in the off season to kind of, you know, he was, a, he got a middle round grade uh, from the NFL. I think Tony Bradford wants to work uh, in, in the police department kind of, and, and do some different things there. But I think they just felt like there was some unfinished business here. And I think they love Joey. NIL plays a, a, a factor there, but th- th- that's just, it's kind of just uh, an interesting situation when those two guys are just kind of the face of your program in some ways. But, again, I mentioned that they've got both starting corners back. I think their secondary is very, very strong. Um, I think their one weak spot on the team, or question mark, I should say, is, is inside linebacker. And that's where they lost a couple of guys last year named Sean Merriweather and Kosa Eldridge that were played nearly every game and extremely durable and productive. But they're really deep and strong everywhere else. And Joey, he will tell you that the defensive line this year is maybe better overall than it was last year and he's willing to tell you look we don't have anybody as dynamic as Tyree but the totality of the group may be better just because they've got depth and and all those things and then they bring back I think 11 uh, 10 or 11 starters on offense you know depending on how you how you want to view that but the way that the bowl game played out everybody's back and so here's my question about this team their their strength is their lack of weakness however do they have enough star power? Do you have a Deuce Vaughn? Do you have a Quentin Johnston? Do you have a, a guy that can go, you know, is they worthy? Do you have a guy that can go win you a game when maybe things aren't going well or make a play? Um, and, and not that necessarily Tyree did that, although he affected many games. Um, but that's, that's kind of the question. They really are just solid everywhere. There's not really any questions on paper with this team, but do you have enough? you know, star power and a dude that can just make something of nothing when the time comes and maybe you, you need something like that to happen. That that would be my question. I think it's a fair question to ask. Certainly seems to be. Uh, we know Tyler Shuck is back at quarterback, and as uh, Joey McGuire is quick to point out, when he starts and finishes a game, they're undefeated <laughs> when he's been at Texas Tech, but his health is a big factor, Rod. Hey, uh, Chris, yeah, let me ask you, just kind of staying on the offensive side of the ball, when we were looking at the all preseason selections by the Big 12 media, um, they were really high on Jaran Bradley. Can you uh, tell people who are not really familiar with his skill set and what he offers, uh, why he was picked first team, uh, picked to be an all Big 12 media selection in the preseason? Yeah, you know, he, he was a freshman All-American last year. He's about 6'5". Um, I think that the question you have with him is, does he have just elite-level speed? Mm. But the, what he does have is he plays, he's very physical. He kind of plays the position like as a basketball player, which is what he was in, in high school, and I think had some chances to play some basketball and at some smaller colleges. But 
Um, he's kind of just coming into his own, guys, and I think that he, it's time for him to kind of take that next step. I think there's people around here that feel like this could be his last year here as he's draft eligible after this year. Uh, would he have a decision to make? Possibly. Um, and I, I think, though, that he's kind of the, the number one, if you will, uh, from a whiteout standpoint. And I think uh, he is somebody that it's all in front of him. He's just got to go do it now. But the measurables are, you know, are, are big time. You know, he's, uh, he's you know, 6'5", 210, 215, uh, great ball skills, goes up and gets it and things like that. He's just not going to run away from too many people. Uh, although, like I said, I think he's gotten a bit better there and a bit faster and things like that. But, yeah, he's kind of and, – and they brought every receiver back. They didn't lose one receiver wow. uh, that played meaningful snaps last year. So you've got Miles Price and Loic Fungi. Uh, they brought Dre McCray in from Austin P. who should be their, their fastest guy. I mean, and Dre McCray, I think, lit up Bama last year for like 110-plus yards receiving in a game uh, in the non-conference. So he's the guy that can kind of stretch the defense. But they're they're all back, and that's kind of why – you know, it leads into some some hype around this group. And rightfully so, potentially. I like the way you put that. Solid everywhere, but do they have enough star power? And Taj Brooks will be the lead running back in the backfield, so a lot of familiar names with Red, the Red Raiders and Joey McGuire. Hey, Chris, appreciate it. Look forward to more conversations in the future, and uh, thanks for the overview. Uh, number 20 in our countdown, the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Thank you, Chris. Hey, thank you so much for having me on. You boys have a good week, and keep hope alive. Thanks. Thanks, Chris. Will. Get your guns. There it is, Chris Lovell. Uh, on Twitter, at Chris Lovell, L-E-V-E-L. And, yeah, publisher, Red Raider Sports, does the sidelines uh, like you used to do, Rod, for Texas. Yeah. No, he's, he's fantastic. He really is. And he keeps it real. He's not just yeah. public sunshine. He's not giving Homer, Homer takes. I think that's a stuff. good way to put it. They, they do I – mean, I mean, they stack up. Like they got a lot of nice pieces. They, they're, they're 16 super seniors, very veteran, older team. That's a great number. And but, he said most on defense. Yeah, but do they do they have the star power it takes to uh, to win a championship or be in that contention? I continue to wonder, Rod, is that last game against Texas on Black Friday, could that be for a trip to the Big 12 title game? Uh, or at least, you know, for, for one or both of those teams to try to get themselves into that game. Yeah, they're a popular dark horse pick. It's two things, right? We're worried about the fourth down conversions, maybe that stat flipping, uh, maybe going the other way because they were 63% success, 63 conversion rate, I should say, on fourth down conversions last season. That was one of the best in the country. They were really, really good. And like we said, it led to them average of six and a half extra points per game just off fourth down conversions alone. So that's that's, a, that's on there. Well, touch, and, that's and a touchdown. Think about it this way. We talk about <laughs> Coach Steve Sarkeesian and can he elevate. Yeah. Joey McGuire won games that's for that I, team yeah. last year. I just gave you the numbers. Yeah. He beat U of H by three, beat Oklahoma yeah. by three, beat uh, Texas by three, all those in overtime, four-point win versus Iowa State. And that's a strategic, tactical advantage that he gave to Texas Tech, went out of his way to say, you know what, this is going to be the way we gain an advantage. This is how we flip the margins in our favor. That's what Sark needs to do for Texas. It needs to be some type of strategic tactical, schematic advantage that we can quantify to say Steve Sarkeesian actually went out there and won his team a game and gave them an advantage. I have not really noticed that often with Texas. Well said. Uh, Texas more talented, I think, player to player, but at the same Mm -hmm. time, coaching matters and execution in fourth quarters matter. Mm -hmm. Texas Tech was pretty good at it last year, but also a good Also a lot of luck in in, in fumbles. they, They recovered 22 of 33 total fumbles last year. Like offense and defense. Even against Texas, remember, they recovered three of them. And a lot of times those kind of things also regress to the mean, right? Yes. They regress back to the normal. Yes. Um, you know, Ty would tell you that in his gambling. You know, sometimes you get on a heater and all of a sudden you feel like you're the king of the world and 
typically regresses back to the median. <laughs> the <golf> heater. <laughs> All right, we'll come back. There's our number 20 team. We'll hit number 19 tomorrow on our way to number one. We'll come back with a new segment we're calling Who Said It? Uh, speaking of Hall of Famers, we'll let you hear from one coming back. Uh, who Said It? Coming next. Austin, Texas sports. The Horn. Morning, partner. Aaron Hogan. Yes. Rod Babers. Come on now, wake up. Mornings. Ian Rod B on a Monday morning, five hours of tremendous sports conversation. Appreciate everybody being there, however you're finding us. Easiest way is on the Horn app. That's right. Also at hornfm.com, also on 101.9 and AM 1260. Loud and proud on the AM dial. Dial it up strong. Another new segment, Rod, as we debut some new things, including we had... uh, you know, our, our bullish or BS segment earlier this morning. We still got behind the burnt orange curtain, Rod's rants, off the record. But who said it? Who said that? Who said that is a new segment we've got. Who said that? Who said that? Who said that? Who said that? <laughs> All right. Um, do you want me to get, do I play the audio first and then do you want me to give the, yep. the, uh, the actual person who said it? Okay. So here's the first line. This is actually a, a coach who's upset about the uh, the current landscape, uh, the ever-evolving, ever-evolving landscape of college sports as we know it. Um, here's the audio. I thought the transfer window, I thought the portal was closed. Uh, oh, that's just for the student-athletes. The adults in the room get to do whatever they want, apparently. And it's, um, you know, it's just sad that there's um, – Look, I, I, my question is, did we count the cost? I'm not talking about a financial cost. I'm talking about did we count the cost for the student-athletes involved in this decision? What cost is it to those student-athletes? We're talking about a football decision they based off football, but what about softball and baseball who have to travel cross-country? Do we ask about the cost to them? Do we know what the number one indicator of, uh, of symptom of, or cause of mental health is? It's lack of rest and sleep. Traveling in those baseball, softball games, you know, those, those people, they travel commercially. They get done playing or they got to go to the airport. They come back. It's 3 or 4 in the morning. They got to go to class. I mean, did we ask any of them? Are we going to look back? I, I don't worry at all about the game. The game is going to be strong. Football is going to be fine. We'll all figure it out. But did we consider the people that we are entrusted to? Did we consider the student athlete? All right, strong words. That is strong words. And that strong words, those are from Missouri head football coach Eli Drinkwitz. Yeah, and you know what? Speaking of real, because the truth is, um, I went to Texas. One of the reasons I went to Texas and stayed in the state, I remember R.C. Slocum saying, hey, do you want your parents to go to all your games? And I told Coach Slocum, they go to all my games. I want them to go as many games as possible. And then he said, you need to stay in the state. He didn't say come to A&M. He said, you need to stay in the state. So that does matter. And now you've got you know, these conferences that are so widespread, there's no way these parents are going to all these regional games because they're not regional anymore. Yeah, that's Eli Drinkwitz. And look, I, yes, it's a, it's a fair point. Uh, but let's let's also be fair that Missouri jumped to the SEC for more money when they moved, right? Danger. They went for more money. Uh, he, you know, his school did the same thing when it, when it was a time because those decisions get made above the head coach of any sport. 
you know, the fact that the Big Ten is also adding Oregon and Washington, I think a big part of it is, remember, Oregon and Washington are coming into the Big Ten as half members early. Mm-hmm, still yeah. going to be $50 million, though, as a half member. Yeah, they get, yeah. So it starts out at 30 then it increases yeah. every year. Yeah. But it's still more than they're going to make in the Pac-12. Yes. So, yes, it's a money decision. But adding those two schools, that does give USC and UCLA at least two more teams on the West Coast, which will help with travel. Uh, they'll play every year, obviously. At the same time, yes, they probably need Stanford. They probably need to add another at some point. Uh, but that's going to be a huge challenge. It, I mean, the whole travel of, of the other teams within the athletic department is massive. It's massive. And there's no perfect way. But at the same time, it is a money-driven thing because the money's going to drive for all sports, right? Football pays for everything in the athletic department. That's just part of the, uh, the deal. All right, another piece of sound in uh, who said that. Oh, you know who said this. I ain't even got to say it. You just got to hear his voice. Here's Here we go. Audio would make you think that I care about your care opinion of me. Your opinion of me is not the opinion that I have of myself. You ain't make me, so you can't break me. You didn't build me, so you can't kill me. I, I, you know what? God God established me, so you ain't nothing you can do to me. I, I've been dealing with this foolishness since peewee football, man. I've been him. I've been a difference maker, a game changer. I've been that guy. So what would change now that I'm coaching? Not a darn thing. I'm not even playing the game, and you got an opinion of me. I'm not even on the field. But I'm pretty sure I get every darn coach I'm playing against, head coaches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and anything you want to do. But I, 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 I love it, but I don't care. I wish the world thought like that. Youngsters, if you're out there right now, do not give a darn what opinions people have of you, as long as that opinion is not consistent of that of yourself. You be you. I'm not planning to make you feel good about me. I already feel good about me. I'm good. <laughs> I love Dion. <laughs> he can talk for days, can't he? He can't. He feel, he's great. Oh, he's man. awesome. That is Dion Sanders, head coach of the Colorado Buffaloes. All right, Rod. I think you already know this, but for our audience, who said this? Uh, he's a player for the University of Texas and had this to say about the starting quarterback at UT. Uh, this really, his whole demeanor changed. After he cut that change, that mullet, like he, he – like, I don't know what it was about that mullet. Like, whatever he did after cutting that mullet, like, it's just, it's like a whole new person. Like, he, he like he went from, like, a young a kid to an adult, and it shows, like, his whole, the way he carried himself. He even starting to be more of a leader now on his team, maybe one of the biggest leaders on his team, really. Um, just the way he playing the game now, how he moving all, within football, out of football, is just, overall, he's just a better man, really. There you go. Wow, better man. He went from, it made him a better leader. Uh, better player. Now it makes him a better man. Got better breath and everything now. It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, JT Sanders. Where'd he Sanders. go for that haircut? I need to go to that barber. That's JT make Sanders. A, make you a better man. JT Sanders. Yeah, that's great. I love that. I do too. All right, one more piece of audio, Rod. I want you to hear this because here's the, 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 the play-by-play of the slide into second base by Jose Ramirez the other night and then the uh, the fight that ensued with Tim Anderson at the at the Keystone. Here it was uh, from the, uh, the, the call. way to second head first slide safe and in to score is Jimenez and another hustle double right over the bag at first now Hosey and Anderson square off they're fighting they're swinging down goes Anderson down goes Anderson That is a great call. Sounded like Craig Flowers calling the uh, down the horn the derby. They right come. Yeah, down goes Andy. He went down. Right hook. That is right fantastic. hook to the jaw. Somebody oh, kind of richly thought it looked like a grazing blow, but he went down. 
He went down hey. like a sack of bananas. It doesn't, it doesn't need to be hard as long as you hit the sweet spot. You ain't need to hit it that hard, man. Right on his cheek, yep. right on by his <laughs> jawline there. Yeah, swinging them hands. And mm-hmm. I love I love that Tim Anderson got up like he was going to – he was doing and, uh, the uh, – he, put the, he, he put got the his dukes, dukes up. <laughs> the guy who puts his dukes up he usually gets the, beat in the street the Sugar fight. Ray Leonard deal. Yeah, yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> it's like, did you learn – you had some boxing lessons? Where did you learn that? What are you doing? Oh, man. Who good. was the Longhorn football player that did that at Baylor? Remember that? Was it Deshaun Elliott? Deshaun Elliott. He came off the bench, started doing Elliott? that like he was going to I think fight. it was Deshaun Elliott, if I'm not mistaken. I remember that because there's a video <laughs> of it. Yeah. Put your dukes up. Yeah, Tim up baby. You got the worst end of that deal. Oh, yeah. All right, we'll come back. Hey, we have five hours. That means we have one more to go. Another trip behind the burnt orange curtain, talking Texas football. Uh, we'll get into some Cowboy stuff in the NFL and continue to talk realignment. You heard Eli Drinkwitz say it. How did we get where we are, where the Big 12 is now 16 in 2024? The Big 10 is now 18. How much more could it change between now 